If weight loss is your goal, then late night snacking has to stop. Welcome to Man in the Arena, your go-to podcast for all things related to health and weight loss for men over 40. Here we discuss strategies that will get you off the sidelines and into the game so you can achieve your optimal health. It's time to lead a legacy of longevity. Recently, I've noticed quite a few of my clients talking about late night snacking, so I thought this would be a great time to share my thoughts and insights on the subject. One of the things I see as being a main cause of weight gain, obesity, and type 2 diabetes in North America is our pervasive snacking culture. Specifically, we live in a culture where we wake up, we eat a carb-heavy breakfast, specifically cereals, toast, bagels, donuts, and not only are these carb-heavy, but they're also highly processed. When we eat these foods, we get a sudden spike of glucose in our blood and a subsequent spike of insulin as well, because we need that insulin to transport the glucose into our cells to be used as energy. And if it's not used as energy, then it gets stored away in the form of fat. And you know what happens next. The higher and faster the spike in our blood sugar, the faster we crash. In other words, insulin is really good at doing its job. So we get this crash. And that means mid-morning, we're after another snack. And again, we're grabbing something carb-heavy and processed because that gives us a hit of dopamine and that makes us feel better. Then we eat lunch, then we eat a mid-afternoon snack, dinner, and of course, the dreaded late-night snack. Our blood sugar is spiking and falling all day. Our desire for food is through the roof and we're overeating as a result. So you can see this pattern that is taking place every day. On this episode, we're going to focus specifically on the later night snacking. So here's the scenario. You finish dinner at five or six or seven, anywhere in this range, and then you find yourself looking for food not long after this, say around eight o'clock, 9 p.m., 10 p.m. And the main reason for this, as I mentioned earlier, is you're looking for food because your brain wants a hit of dopamine. Your primal brain is seeking pleasure. You want that reward, that neurochemical to be released so you feel better. And it's almost like a drug. In fact, it's the same response as we get when we do take drugs. That's why you're in the pantry or in the fridge. You're looking for potato chips, crackers, cookies, cereal. You're looking for foods that are processed, that have a lot of sugar and added chemicals, and they're manufactured by big food to make you desire them more. So these are concentrated substances, and that means you get an equally concentrated hit of dopamine. That's why we're not looking for broccoli when we have these late night urges, because broccoli isn't a dopaminergic substance. It's not a dopaminergic food. At the same time, there's an entire branch of food science that has figured out the exact texture and crunch and the certain ingredients that ensure a higher consumption. For most of you listening, this often shows up as a habit. So in other words, there's little to no conscious thought of you grabbing a late night snack. And that's because you've conditioned yourself to be triggered by something, and then you eat it, and then you feel the reward. This is a traditional habit loop. You have a trigger, then you have a behavior, and you get a reward. Now, notice I said conditioned because it wasn't always a habit. It was a learned pattern that you developed over time. Now, I have a client who wakes up in the middle of the night around 12 
a.m. or 1 a.m. and he can't fall back to sleep. So he goes to the kitchen, he eats something, and then he goes back to bed because he's usually up, you know, thinking about something that uh, causes him to worry. And of course, this is more habitual at this point, but he's seeking something to relax him and give him comfort in that moment. So he's been doing this for decades now. And not only is this disrupting his sleep, but it's impacting his blood sugar, his insulin levels, and it's a severe barrier to his weight loss. So this is just one example of how we condition ourselves to snack and seek food for pleasure. But here's what's great about our nervous systems. We can change all of this. You've heard the term neuroplasticity. We can decondition old habits and create new ones, even if you've been at them for decades. Our brains can form new neural connections no matter how old you are. Now, it takes work, but with awareness and with the right approach, you can eliminate late night snacking. And here's the process I want you to take. So as I mentioned, the first step is awareness. Most snacking is unconscious, so we need to make it conscious. We need to plan meals in advance, and that allows us to become witness to the moments when we do snack. With this awareness, I want you to identify the trigger as well. What is the trigger that forces you to go to the kitchen or the pantry or the cupboards and look for more food? Now, oftentimes it's something simple like the TV turning on, the time of day, sitting on the couch. Something is going to trigger the eating behavior. Now, as an aside, this is one of the reasons why I prescribe intermittent fasting. It gives us this window of awareness. We know when our eating window ends, either at 8 p.m. or 7 p.m., so the kitchen is closed after that. Now, of course, this is just focused on actionable steps. We have to have a deeper understanding and focus on the urges, aka feelings, and the thoughts as well that are driving these habits and and the snacking. So in other words, it's not just about creating a fasting plan or creating a protocol. If it was that easy, you wouldn't need to listen to this episode right now. So with that, the second step is to acknowledge that you are seeking pleasure or comfort or energy in this moment when you are snacking. You are seeking a reward. So one of my mentors, Brooke Castillo, taught me a really neat way to pre-program your brain, and it's called the urge jar. The urge jar involves taking two clear mason jars, and you could also use a glass or a mug. It doesn't matter. But in one jar, you put 100 pennies or 100 marbles. And each one of these pennies or marbles represents an urge. So when you have an urge, you want to simply allow it to be there. In other words, you don't want to resist it. You don't want to willpower through it. And you obviously don't want to give into it. You simply want to allow that urge to be there. Now, you get comfortable feeling the discomfort of this urge. Now, once the urge passes, you get to move one penny or one of those marbles from the main jar into the empty jar. Now, there's a number of things at play here that really make this an effective practice. First, you train yourself to be more aware and allow the urges to be there. The more you do this, the more comfortable you get at feeling the urge. The second reason why this is effective is you still get your dopamine reward. Our brains 
love to complete loops. So when you process and allow the urge and then you move the marble, essentially what you're doing is you're signaling to the brain that you've accomplished a task. And as a result, your brain rewards you with a release of dopamine. So you still get that feeling of pleasure, but without the extra extra calories or the guilt or the regret that you would get from late night snacking. Even better, this task requires the effort of processing the urge. And dopamine released with effort is much more impactful than dopamine released without effort. So give the urge jar a try. It's a, it's a neat way to sort of bring more awareness to your urges, to your snacking. And there's reason to believe that processing 100 urges is equal to losing 10 pounds because that's 100 times that you would avoid putting more food in your body that you really don't need. So we've talked about bringing more awareness, having a, a fasting window that kind of gives you this window of awareness. We've talked about understanding that your brain is seeking pleasure and how to disrupt that pattern and process urges using the urge jar. And the third step is to identify and reframe your errors in thinking. A lot of times we snack because our brain is really good at coming up with excuses to eat. So it wants that dopamine hit and it wants pleasure. So our brain will say things like, you deserve it. You worked hard today or you worked hard this week. Your brain will say, I'm bored. I want some entertainment. Or your brain will say, you need more energy. When your brain says you deserve food or categorizes eating food as a, re- as a reward, this is especially damaging because it's an error in thinking because your brain is really saying that certain foods are only to be consumed when you've made a sacrifice or when you've earned it. And the reality is you can eat whatever you want, whenever you want. You are a grown ass man. But reward eating is rooted in dieting and it's rooted in how we're socialized growing up. So I want you to assess your thoughts about food and rewards and notice how certain foods hold favor as a reward and then start to dismantle that belief system. Eliminating late night snacking is a must if you want to lose weight. You have to know just how impactful it is on your overall health and your weight loss efforts. And then you have to increase your awareness about the triggers that cause you to snack in the first place. At the same time, you need to reduce your desire for food by getting better at processing urges and identifying the thought errors that are causing these urges in the first place. If you get this concept, but you want help integrating it, you've got to come and check out my arena because this is where we're doing this exact work. And you have not only support from me, but an entire community of guys who are already doing this work. So if you are a late night snacker, you've got to come check out the arena. I often coach my guys to assert new thoughts and beliefs that food is not a reward. Food is not entertainment. Food's job is not to get rid of any boredom you might be experiencing. There are so many other things you can do for entertainment. There are so many other things you can do to make your life more exciting before you look in the fridge. And you got to find healthier ways to reward your behavior. So sure, food has celebratory and social implications, but not on an evening to evening basis. So with that, I encourage you to plan your meals, use an urge jar to process your urges and get away from that rewarding behavior, using food as a reward. Identify your errors in thinking and then create new helpful thoughts 
that limit your late night snacking. That's my show for today. Thank you so much for stopping by. I'll see you next week. And in the meantime, keep leading a legacy of good health and longevity. If you're ready to step inside the arena and change the trajectory of your health, head on over to thespearmethod.com and download my free guide to learn simple and effective strategies on how to optimize your health today.